Everybody Loves Communism, the leftist theory and history podcast where we do the reading so you don't have to. I'm Jorge Rocha. I'm Aaron Thorpe. And um, in today's episode, we will be discussing you know, the largest country in Latin America, Brazil. Now, if you might, you may have he- you may have heard of this country if you're uh, maybe heard a little so. bit of something, maybe just a little bit of news recently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, specifically what the news we're referring to, if you have been living under a rock, but if you have, that's okay. We cater to everybody. <laughs> Some of you may have heard about the recent election where Lula da Silva won the presidential election over a certain Jair Bolsonaro, yes, also known as the COVID captain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, joining us for this episode on this historic win and to explain why this matters and his, how this came about is journalist Amari Gonzo, who uh, who has written for publications like Vice in Brazil and Jacobin and has written for a variety of different left publications. And if I remember correctly, you're also a podcaster, right? Yeah. Uh, hello. It's great to, to be here. Everybody loves communism. That's a great name <laughs> for a podcast. Uh, I am also a podcaster. I uh, I have with some friends uh, what we call we wanted to have a band, but we we're too old to to to, to have mm-hmm. a punk rock band. So we came together to talk about that. And Curtis can get out of my head, and and out of the out of that became this podcast called Crisis, 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 Crisi, Crisi, Crisi in Brazilian Portuguese. Nice. And it's like yeah, yeah, it's very. It, it, we really. We wanted to use the name to make like maybe a mock band where we, we write the lyrics and have like kids like being very Malcolm McLaren. <laughs> but then we, we use that for a podcast. And now I work, I'm the editor of Ponte, Como Puente en Español, a bridge, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, an outlet, an online outlet, uh, founded, uh, uh, funded, funded by, uh, Open society, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, where we we our, talk our mostly about funder, our favorite funder, George Soros. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Pepe Soros. <laughs> and we talk. Uh, our main our main uh, line is talking about police violence and police brutality mm-hmm. and prisons in Brazil. So yeah, it's it's it, it, it's already stressful being in. Living in Brazil uh, under Bolsonaro, but uh, writing about police violence and brutality and about prisons in Brazil under Bolsonaro and human rights was like double stress. But like, uh, we're we're here to do that 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 kind of so that's a dirty work, and somebody got got to do yeah. it. So no, I'm it's the really one really important. That. Thank you for 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 doing that. And you know, I when we'll we'll get into it in just a second. But you know, in many ways, right. people don't realize if they don't know about Brazil that there are a lot of like mirroring with the United States mm-hmm. in terms of like, yeah. the, the, especially in terms of like racial dynamics. Um, but mm. were you going to say something, Amari? No, 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 no. Yeah. But it's just uh, given its history, but you know, we'll talk about the history in a second, but basically uh, there was this election, but I feel, you know, here here on the show, as we mentioned before in the tagline, we like to dive into some history before we do some analysis. Because otherwise, yeah. people, if you don't know all the details and the, at least some of the history, it'd be hard to understand, well, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. And so, for those that don't know, there, Brazil has ha- had had a series of, you know, very tumultuous history, but particularly had a military dictatorship 
that ended in 1985. Would you say that that looms over the political situation in Brazil now? And yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, how would could you give us some uh, context and some background in terms of like you know, uh, you know the military dictatorship? How did it come about? And like uh, you know, what, how was what happened during that period of time? We, we we'll get deep in history mm. to 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 talk about it. Wonderful. Uh, nice uh and and i love to to hear from you later uh how the how, how the americans are, are are learning about uh what's happening in brazil right now because i i don't i, I don't know what people are talking about because the, the 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 last two or three months have been great 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 crazy times and last six years were, were very crazy also mm -hmm. but let's go deep in history Uh, Brazil was an empire <laughs> from uh, until 19, uh, 1898, I think, something like that. Uh, the military in Brazil threw a coup, threw the empire out, uh, threw a coup because uh, the empire freed the enslaved people down here. Uh, we were the last country in the world to end slavery. Uh, legal slavery, uh, which is like something very bad on our on our side. It's it, it's a it, it's one of the worst histories of slaving people in the world in the history of the world. Uh, we have like a major black population in Brazil because of that. We, we uh, Portuguese and Brazilians uh, were the people who most uh got money from uh, enslaving people in africa and, br and bringing them to americas mm -hmm. they're the, the 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 biggest uh slave uh traders in the world and and besides that gold and sugar and shit like that so they threw this coup uh we have like two generals being president first then a lot of trouble because you, you get you get rid of a monarchy people Don't, don't get that well with that. Mm -hmm. And then they started like the so-called Republic, uh, that could be, uh, could be said like just as Mexico, uh, the perfect di dictatorship because there are just, uh, it's not even the a question of parties. There are just two states where they, which the elites, comes from the, the presidents comes from uh, Sao Paulo state which was this huge coffee mm -hmm. uh, producer by then and Minas Gerais state which called general mines because most of the gold that in, is in the the European uh, churches nowadays comes from there mm -hmm. and it's still a state where there's a lot of mining and at the time was also a big producer of milk and cheese uh, canastra curated cheese is one of the best cheeses in the world mm. they just got, got got some some more words if, if you have uh, any any chance of, of of tasting some canastra cheese i recommend it really so uh, we have what no i was gonna i was just gonna make a comment like i, I uh people probably be shocked to hear this but i'm not a big fan of cheese but i'll, I'll try it though i trust your judgment <laughs> okay okay nice so uh you have coffee and milk so you had the, the so-called coffee and milk republic or latte republic as people say in mm. in, in u.s mm. so you had this kind of republic with where the coffee or milk comes from uh, uh go, going as president and then the vote was like very strict uh 
for owner from ownership of land and like a lot of people couldn't vote if they don't have like the right registrations illiterate illiterate people couldn't vote but on the other hand the vote was declared by 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 speech or or just written in a paper and put in an envelope so it was very easy uh to 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 manipulate the ballots in 1929 came the crash the new york exchange crash right. like the the big recession all over the world and coffee prices dropped and then we we had like a lot of trouble in 1930 uh there was this election that was rigged as well and the other elites of the country weren't like as uh, 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 as as pleased with the results and they 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 had this what they call a revolution but it was like a very elite revolution uh and then Getulio Vargas which is like the Brazilian Peron uh mm-hmm. came to power he was the constitution was reformed he was then elected and then later he he threw another coup uh based on a, a on an invented uh communist plot called a uh, Cohen plot talk about anti-semitism in Brazil mm-hmm. uh Cohen plot is like, and, and it was it, it was like invented by the military by by his his supporters. Uh, there was a, a there was a, a, a 1934. There was this this communist tried to have a revolution in northern Brazil for, and they used that as as the the, the excuse also. But in 36, it was all invented. Well, Amari, can I ask, and, you, can I ask you a question, Amari, real quick? Were there were there any okay, okay. were there any Western forces at play in um in this like um in this plot, or was this That's part the, mostly domestic? No, no, it, it, it was. Mostly domestic because that's when we, we, we're, we're very uh, close to Argentina. Uh, Getulio then, well, because U.S. was like very weak by them and, and, right, and what they, right. they, they were capable to do because, uh, it was the Roosevelt years and trying to get out of depression. Right. And, and Europe was like in that kind of turmoil. So nobody was. Uh, every time that that happens is like great times for South America. <laughs> yeah, uh, when they get left the fuck alone, when everyone leaves them alone exactly. <laughs> because they're worrying about their own exactly. shit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The the best the best president, the best American president for South America uh, was G- George W. Bush. Mm. Bush, like the the Bush the kid was like great for us i i love him no i i hate him <laughs> he's a very bad guy but for us like he was the best one right uh, but we'll talk about that later his, imp- uh, his imperial uh, intrigue with elsewhere exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. uh exactly but like what, what happened is that uh getulio was very fascist leaning just mm-hmm. like peron right so he 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 so, so made you, the Brazilian Communist Party illegal. What? So so you so you compare you compared him to Peron, um, but from my understanding, you know, yeah, Peron had definitely these fascist like elements, but you know, from my understanding, was also kind of nuanced, complicated. So, exactly. So would you say that this person was, was as well? That it's a, you know, just like well, Vargas. Okay, Vargas. Uh, which is a common surname in Latin America as a whole, Vargas, Vargas, uh, was like very complicated. He's not like 
with fascist elements, but like uh, he was the one who gave Brazil one of the most advanced labor laws in the world, mm. which is called CLT, Consolidação das Leis do Trabalho, labor uh, labor laws consolidation, which we still have. Like uh, we have like what is called the we don't have weekly wages, we have monthly wages, but we have one hundred and third in the end by the end of the year. Uh, if you're a registered worker, because there are a lot of, of informal work in Brazil mm -hmm. right now, especially right now, that, but like in the end of the year, you have like, besides your 12 salaries that you got all along the, the year, mm -hmm. you have like a, a hundred third one. Mm -hmm. And you, we have like a paid vacation, 30 days of paid vacation and nice. a lot of different benefits. Uh, uh, the, the employer needs to, to pay uh, your, your transport and like there, it's, it, it's very, 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 and it's very, it's more difficult. Like if he, if, if your, your boss, uh, fire you, he, he needs to pay you, uh, some severance and like this is required. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's really fascinating. Cause like if, yeah, because if he was fascist, he would not have the interest in doing that, but. Yeah, it's like. Well, but I mean, on the like, other hand, on the other yeah. hand, we 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 need to understand yeah. that uh, we're talking about social nationalism, yeah. you know? right? Social. Uh, right. So uh, uh, he was very inspired by the Italian fascists into mm -hmm. that, mm. because when he did that. But on the other hand, and that's important for his, for his story. Uh, on the other hand, he put all the unions under government control. Mm. All the unions were affiliated through the Ministry of Labor in Brazil. For a long time, for a long time. So uh, I just want to add in real quick. It sounds sort of like, um, you know, Mussolini, uh, there's that quote, at least the trains ran on time, you know, because, I mean, obviously you had the elites plundering, right, plundering like, um, you know, the population. But you had like these crumbs of these menial social services and some of them are meaningful, but it was still all under this very quasi fascistic regime. I'm it, saying, was, right? it was it was. Yeah, there was some of that. There, most of that was like uh, a pact mm. he did with with the with the poor people. Like I, I gave you this, and you gave me power, and I can do whatever mm. I want. But in in the in the early forties, uh, U.S. came into war, and U.S. needed like a good ally mm -hmm. because there was this plan by the Nazis that. To invade uh, uh, U.S. not by by sea by the North Atlantic, but using Dakar because there was already France was already in the Vichy regime, mm -hmm. and they used Dakar to invade Brazil, and and we didn't have like this much of military compared to the, to the Wehrmacht, mm -hmm. and and coming from Brazil through the through Central America and invade U.S. Wow. by the south and. I never, yeah, I didn't know that. That is a plan. crazy, bold ass plan, man. <laughs> That's a really bold plan. Oh, they, they, yeah, they, they, they were planning everything. So they needed like a big ally in the South. Mm -hmm. And Brazil has a lot of iron and shit like that. So they financed Brazil to have like its, its own siderurgical company. And they kind of bought Vargas, who, who was like very neutral. He was like, he, he admired the fascists, but he had trouble with them. He deported some some communist Jewish people who were killed later uh, by the Nazis. And I, I, maybe if if somebody who listening 
who listens to it and wants to know about more about Brazilian history, just ask me at my twitter.com. If, if when we got out, when this episode got out, still we have Twitter all, all around the world. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, if Elon will, will broke, broke it until then. <laughs> But like, yeah, Elon, Elon will broke Twitter. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time. <laughs> Looking like maybe in a couple, a couple just weeks, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just ask me. I'll try to to have like more in depth stuff about like the, the history of Communist Party of Brazil, the history of anarchists in Brazil, mm. uh, which were very important on the formation of the left in Brazil. But let's get together back on track. Uh, Vargas had like this, this dubious because he, he, he understood that like we can't fight Americans. You can't fight U.S. You, you, you can like make deals. You can like make it better for you, but, but you can like, they have the hegemony on, on, on South Atlantic mm-hmm. also. So it's very complicated. So he always played the double game, but when America got into war, they, they bought him and he said, yeah, okay, we're into war. We sent 50,000 troops to the Italy campaign. Uh, we, we fought in, in Italy, like really fought, like people died and shit like that. Mm-hmm. There is the, there is like this, 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 this historical, uh, picture of this black guy, uh, uh, loading a cannon with like, with a message on, 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 on the bullet, like for the, for the fascists, yeah, you know? Yeah. And yeah. We we fought the war and we uh, and Americans used the northeast of Brazil uh, to to have like this this airfield, but they they didn't keep the airfield. We don't have any like now. We have an American base that is a, a real pain in the ass in Brazil. I'm very worried about it, but we didn't have. So uh, we we had like this airfield like in the tip of the northeast of brazil to help uh to to fight the u-boats over the atlantic mm-hmm. and so we went into war and we got victory in the war because everybody else there like <laughs> there's this this avenue uh where my where my 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 girlfriend families comes from it's like way down in sao paulo city uh, which is called marshall tito uh, oh, avenue you know yeah. uh we had we had like 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 uh public squares called joseph stalin after the war because oh my God. like yeah they're heroes just like us <laughs> yeah. uh, but then in 45 the uh the military got got rid of vargas and we started to have what we call the new republic the new republic was like a bit more democratic uh we had like more people could vote i think by then women could vote in brazil because during the time of Vargas, all of the dictatorships that we had in Brazil, there was a lot of formal votes. Mm. There, uh, people managed to to keep like voting for their mayors, mm. voting for representatives, but like they, they was always rigging somewhat to to get the majority of the houses right. and shit like that. Uh, so it it was it was a really better. Uh, and then they elected this general, uh, who was in Vargas government, but was very conservative, Dutra. And Dutra was there for five years and Vargas came again and was elected. And it was like, in, and then he was like very a people's guy, mm. very Peron, uh, lefty, uh, kind of, of against imperialism and trying to nationalize companies. Wow. And he started, he started our oil company by them. 
called Petrobras. Right. Uh, that's important also. Petrobras was founded by Getulio Vargas. In 1954, he was like under heavy pressure of the military. They're trying to have a coup on him and he killed himself. Mm. And wow. yeah, when he killed himself, like all of the press, then that, then the press was only radio and, 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 and newspapers in Brazil. Uh, a lot of the press who, who helped it to, to, was trying to have a coup. Uh, people went there and smashed all the presses on, and, and beating journalists and shit like that. Yeah. Because the, yeah. he killed himself. Yeah. Cause they pushed he, him to He that has point. this, this fame. Yeah, he has, he has, he, he wrote a letter and his famous, his famous phrase was like, I'm living life to, to get into history. Mm. Uh, yeah, his life, he, he knew what he was doing. So after him came Juscelino Kubitschek, which is the, called the Bossa Nova president, the guy who built Brasilia, very centrist type, had good relations with the US. And after Juscelino, we didn't have a re-election then. So it was just one five year term for each president. And, and there was like this, this crazy, crazy feature that the ballot, you voted, uh, you could vote for different parties. You voted for the president and the vice president. You, you could vote for different people. Okay. They, they don't need to follow the ballot. So, uh, Getulio formed, had formed this party called, uh, Brazilian Labor Party. And so he, 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 he latched into the, the this labor image of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he had like a lot of union leaders behind him. So he, he was like very onto that shit. And his minister of labor, who was his son-in-law, I think so. Son-in-law, brother, no, son-in-law. His son-in-law, uh, was elected as vice president in 1960 in Brazil. But the president was this very populist, centrist but very populist guy like very early populist mm-hmm. he he puts a uh, scruff how, how, how do you say the the white things that comes from your hair and dandruff he put dandruff he put dandruff on his on his coat to to look like more, a more a like more, a more working class uh, people's, people's candidate yeah, yeah. working class people yeah, his, his during the uh, his his speeches, his he stopped and and put out of his pocket uh, just like a, a bread with 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 bologna on it and started like eating it like like I'm very like I'm like one of you guys like I'm just like you guys I am like one of yeah, you guys. yeah, yeah. yeah. and Jen, and Jenny was like drunker than Boris Yeltsin like, <laughs> oh my very God. like very drunk guy and he and he was like he, he they were like. To, to having Brazil in the no alignment, no alignment movement. Mm. They didn't want to, to, to be aligned with the United States. They, they were trying to get like around and, and find out if they can. They were fucking around and then they found out. Mm. <laughs> they were trying to like, like, like Janio, although he, he was never a leftist, he gave a medal to Che Guevara. Mm. Mm. You have this like Che Guevara in Brazil in the in the, the palace uh, with Brazilian president receiving a medal, yeah. you know, uh, and but then he resigned because like again they're trying to have a coup and he said no I resigned I resign and people uh, now come back in the arms of the people but nobody listens everybody was like oh fuck it yeah oh this drunk guy resigned that's right. his problem yeah. but when he resigned. His vice president, Jango, 
João Goulart, uh, which was the, the, the son-in-law of Getúlio Vargas, and leftists uh, from the Labour Brazilian Party. He was in China visiting Mao mm. wow. when Jânio resi resigned. So the military tried to have a coup. Uh, so this is a history of coups mm. in Brazil. <laughs> the military tried to have a coup. Uh, they couldn't have that much support so they they said like okay we're not doing coup but like brazil will be a parliamentary uh, a parliamentary country uh not a presidential just mm -hmm. like us and everywhere else and okay uh, make it and then i'll go back to brazil so he came back from china and then we're uh, for one year uh we had this this arrangement and then there was a plebs a public consultation Uh, where people will vote for like, do you want the presidential or a parliamentary mm -hmm. system? And the presidential system got, got the vote. So why do you think that, why do you Django, think that is? Why? Because people really, really, the main thing is that like, uh, people were really into, uh, the advancement of Brazil mm -hmm. not being aligned ultimately aligned with the US and we're really into like uh Brazil was like growing and growing. Juscelino Kubitschek, his the, the the guy that came after Vargas uh started to to have like auto uh factories in Brazil. He started to pave like a lot of roads and putting a lot of cars in the street. Brazil was growing. Brazil had this was growing especially in the industry side. So people were were really into redistribution of wealth. Mm. Like the, the 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 population was like going through that, and and you had like this 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 labor party which was not really communist, so you you couldn't red scare people with that, yeah, you right, know. Yeah. The red scare wouldn't stick on them. Also, they they always tried to red scare them, and it's a tradition of 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 conservative right wing, and we're still dealing with that today. So uh he was trying and then he tried to to have what the, what he called like uh ample, uh, ample uh, I'm, I'm I'm translating from Portuguese but like broad reforms in Brazil and land reform which is like we never gone through land reform in Brazil we have like people who owns like huge swaths of land in Brazil and that's a, that that's very That's a, the the most contentious problem in Brazil. Mm -hmm. We call them uh, latifundiários, mm -hmm. uh, plantation owners. Mm -hmm. they, they got what, they, what we call latifundio, which means like huge swaths of land, and still it's still a problem in Brazil. And since we never solved it, we don't know where we will we'll get because that's that that's a main point about elites in Brazil, capitalism in Brazil, and like the 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 red scare. Mm -hmm. And then the military finally managed to have a coup going on. Firstly, because he was trying to have like these reforms. And then Kennedy was president in 64. When Kennedy died? Uh, 63. 63, yeah. In 63? Oh, and there was already Lyndon Johnson. So, right. uh, uh, so they had like, Americans were like really scared after the Cuban revolution. Brazil had Che Guevara on their palace. So right. they were really, really scared. It was like five years after the Cuban revolution. And 
Vietnam is already a problem, mm. you know. So U.S. would like through every kind of support that they have into having right-wing American-aligned governments in South America. Because if Brazil falls, right, like yeah. if, if Vietnam falls, that would be the domino. But if Brazil falls to communism or whatever communist sympathetic government. Mm. They were really, really scared. It was not like only uh, they, they they really feared that like every and, and later that happened in Latin America. The Latin America was all red, right? Uh, and then Brazil, and then they for so uh, the coup didn't have like a lot of of popular support. Uh, they managed to 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 not have the the polls. About like, what do you want for Brazil going out? Like, it was the, it was a very difficult place to pull. But like, there's nowadays we have like some information that like, uh, on the week of the coup, you have like this survey here in Sao Paulo where more than 60% of the people were against the coup and wanted to Django to be still president. But there is a lot of talk in media and elsewhere. They're like, oh, the, dem- the democracy was restarted in Brazil. The coup was in the 1st of April. They, they later retrofitted the, 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 the date to be 31st of March because April 1st is Fool's Day. Oh, right? wow. And we mock, uh, we mock them as, as like the mock coup, yeah. you know, the, the, the fool's coup. Yeah. Wow. So they threw that and they said, look, and, and there was a lot of political uh, agents, conservative, said they wanted to. And this to is the military that. dictatorship that ended in eighty five. Yeah, that's the that's and then start the military dictatorship. It first started like, oh, we threw we threw the scoop, but we just removed them from power, and then we'll have elections, national elections, right. and they they postponed the elections. Like, oh, we can't do elections right now. And mm-hmm. then came sixty eight, mm-hmm. and sixty eight was like crazy all around the world, right? And even in Brazil, so we started to have like what is called armed struggle, like people are robbing banks to finance, like uh, a, a Brazilian Sierra Maestra that they want to have. Mm-hmm. And they they had this uh, institutional act number five, AI5, which is a very important uh, thing in Brazil. We always talk about it, AI5, that like uh, took the a lot of civil liberties, took a lot of gave a lot of government to central uh, a lot of power to central government, mm-hmm. and then the central government was like, and then the the real dictatorship. Then they, we then be, the, we we came to to be what was what was called the the lad years, just like in Italy. Mm-hmm. The, then the 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 plumbo, anos de chumbo. The latter years became in Brazil from 68 to kind of 78. So the dictatorship started 64. In 68, it, it got like very, very more, more, more powerful. And then it was like very scary. So, and then, it, so real, real, real quick, Mari was so like, uh, okay. describe a little bit like the year, the years of lead that those 10 years and what kind of repression and what kind of violence that we saw from the state. Oh, yeah. So uh, there is a lot of, of well, well, first we what was need to know the coup was over was thrown with uh, Django got out because he feared that Brazil would come into a civil war mm. because that that would re- what would really should have what would really happen if he 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 didn't fly to Uruguay mm. 
but he fled to Uruguay because he didn't want to Brazil to going through a civil war that will turn Brazil apart. Uh, he he was he wasn't a Ho Chi Minh type, you know. Mm-hmm. Brazil was kind of already free, yeah. so we we didn't we, we wouldn't have like this kind of national struggle to get free. We, we're not a, we were not like a, or on, at least a paper colony yeah. anymore. So U.S. That, and U.S. had an aircraft carrier on our. On our literal by then, you know, on our on our shores by then, just kind of so, threatening you, uh, like like so, like implicitly threatening. <laughs> uh, not very implicit. Not very implicit. You know? Explicit, right? If you have an aircraft carrier, that's yeah. hell explicit. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's not that's not very implicit. <laughs> so, uh, and the the Americans, especially uh, through the CIA, they they. And that's when everything comes together. Uh, they created this thing called School of Americas. Right. And, and School of Americas, I don't know if most people knows about it, but like a lot of things that was, that were thought in School of Americas came from Nazi Germany hmm. because a lot of, of Nazi, Nazis that fled through red lines, uh, were used by CIA to teach torture. Mm-hmm. For Southern Latin American generals, yep, it makes yep. you think about a lot of stuff about American foreign policy. That there's a lot of similarity. It makes you makes you wonder a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, too, just want to note that uh, I think the School of Americas they changed the name. Um, I don't know how long ago, but I think so many people, you know, uh, had yo. This is this is an incredibly evil, fucked up organization, and they did a little rebranding. <laughs> yeah, they, they they always try to rebrand. Uh, Bolsonaro visited them. I think I have photos. No, not Bolsonaro, but our vice president. I have photos of our vice president in the School of Americas. Yeah, I think the name. Is uh, now- but like uh, online, that was posted on School of Americans Flickr accounts, like in 2016 or so. Yeah. Uh, th- there's still a School of Americas going on. Yeah, the new name but then, is Western Hemisphere Institute for Security Cooperation. Exactly. That's, that's such exactly. a much more evil name. <laughs> like it's exactly. A, it's a more evil name, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And then, uh, so you have School of Americas and you have also uh, the French. Yeah. If you never... Uh, watched uh, Battle of Algiers by Grillo Punta Curvo. Uh, you should watch it if you're listening to us. Just stop. No, no, end it. Mm-hmm. But but put it on your list. Uh, Battle of Algiers was a very important kind of cinema verite movie about the struggle for liberation of Algeria, and it was it was a very important movie for the left, the urban. Uh, which will be called terrorists, but urban guerrilla types, because they, you had like a lot of examples and it was a very important to, to uh, all repressive regimes because they thought that you, you, you learn how to torture people watching that shit. Yeah. And, and the French also, uh, after the Vietnam war, especially after Algeria, they had like this nice, nice, <laughs> uh, counter, uh, counterinsurgency program, uh, urban counterinsurgency program that they use really in Algeria mm. that they exported for over the world. And one needs to remember that 
all they learned, they learned during the Vichy regime when they were collaborating with Nazis. So the huge wave of uh, dictatorships on post-war Latin America all came from Nazi knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the techniques used by Nazis were later adapted to, to kill and torture people in Latin America as a whole. Brazil was the first one to try it. Uh, and uh, and in Brazil, what happened, especially since since sixty eight until seventy eight, uh, it it was a little a little bit better by seventy four, but like until seventy eight was like really bad. Uh, they tortured like thousands of people. They killed like five hundred people officially, and they disappeared with people. And there's one thing that, like. There's this 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 political. Uh, we, we want nowadays. We like to here in Brazil, the left in Brazilian left. We like to to correct some of the numbers because there are numbers of political prisoners or political enemies of the regime that were killed and who are or, or were really trying to to overthrow the regime one way or another mm -hmm. through armed struggle. And, but people who aren't armed or who aren't uh, 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 trying to bear arms also were killed. Mm -hmm. But but besides that, there are also like I think uh, twenty, not not twenty, uh, eleven, eleven or twelve, twelve, twelve hundred, twelve hundred, no, twelve thousand indigenous people were killed were killed Jesus during this Christ. period oh by God. the yeah by by the the so called uh, indigenous protective service. Another oh insidious God. name, man. God, <laughs> exactly. So uh, twelve thousand uh, were killed by them, and the, the, there are new numbers that came after the the, the Truth Commission that Duma installed, and there are a lot of other people killed by police uh, in urban violence cases and shit like that. So the numbers, uh, because people say that uh, Chile and Argentina were more brutal. Right. Because the the numbers was like really high, but Brazil was like pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. It was like pretty brutal, and, and also Greece shorter numbers that we don't know, right? Like there, there's some, there's an element of like we just don't know exactly how much. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But like the the indigenous people genocide, the the, the ongoing genocide of indigenous people in Latin America is still like, right. especially in Brazil, is 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 it, it, it is something that people should be more aware of. Mm. But on the other hand, they had like what they called the Brazilian miracle. Brazil got a lot of foreign debt, created like these huge uh, projects like uh, the Itaipu Dam, um, Brazil and Paraguay on the frontier of Brazil and Paraguay, which was until the three gorges in China, the biggest hydroelectrical plant in the world. And that helped the Brazilian industry to grow a lot. So they, they managed to have like this nice side and people were getting like a bit more of money, mm -hmm. but the workers weren't having like the way their wages like, uh, growing at the same rate, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. by late seventies, the economy was getting bad back and the economy, uh, when they threw the coup in 64, the economy, economy was bad. Every, every coup is like when the economy fails, yeah, the right. coup prevails that that that's that's something that you should have as a rule of thumb and nobody remembers to talk about it when they talk about like this kind of stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
in 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 70 by 78 they were already talking about like the opening the slow and gradual opening of the regime when they they have when they started the regime they overthrew all the the political parties and we just had two one for the regime called arena that's a great name, Arena, Arena. which is a national racial, national renewal alliance, mm. and we have like the Brazilian Democratic Movement (MDB), which is still a, a political party in Brazil, um, and it's a very bad party now. Mm. <laughs> but they they were like the left by then, but the left, the, the position of regime that could be that were allowed by the government to to be as far as left as up. possible, right? Controlled opposition, yeah, basically. Exactly. Okay. No, I think like controlled opposition, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of controlled opposition. In seventy-five, they 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 managed to to grab a lot of seats on the Congress, and in seventy-six, they grab a lot of seats on the Congress, and they there were there would be a majority. So the regime uh, got this what they call April package, where they like close the Senate, close the, the House of Representatives, close the Congress and like put more of their people on, like implied mm-hmm. uh, they they did the same thing on Supreme Court in Brazil. Mm-hmm. They got rid of some, like like just throw them out and like install like more I think four judges at least. Like it it went from from I think we have eleven Supreme Court. It it, it went for to uh, 15 or 17 mm. Supreme Court. Mm. They, they did all these institutional changes to assure that like, oh, we're playing by the rules. Yeah. It was rules that, were, that we were written. Yeah, yeah. That we're, we're playing by the rules by that rules. we wrote. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not absolute monarchy. You know, mm. we're, we're not holding absolute power. There are institutions going on, but like all these institutions right. were, were written. And you control now. the institutions. Exactly. And a lot of people are really tortured. The torture, the, the, the torture reports on Brazil is, is really scary and like, like, like really bad. Uh, like, like 1984, the movie bad. Mm. If you watch 1984, that's like, mm. that's just like it was in Brazil during Brazil's dictatorship. I mean, what did really Dilma Rousseff get tortured herself? Yeah. Dilma Rousseff was tortured herself and tortured like medievally church. Uh, uh, Dilma was by then. And, and so now we, we start like a bit of, of getting stuff together about modern Brazil. Mm-hmm. Dilma was a student by then. And she, she had a role in this organization. I think she was at Var Palmares, uh, armed, uh, armed front Vanguard, uh, and she had like this organizational role. So I think she hid some, some, some stuff and like, uh, bring documents from here to there and elsewhere. And Dilma was imprisoned. She was like very young. She was like, she was at, at college by then and they tortured her. She never left anybody. She, she never left any word out because they, they tried to torture to have information. But on the other hand, it was a very sadistic thing. They really, a lot of people were killed during torture in Brazil. Um, but she was tortured. There's this, this, this very, very iconic photo of her trial. 
And she's the one, she's in the middle, it's a black and white photo. She's in the middle of like a lot of judges and all of the judges are covering their face to not appear in the photo. And she's the only the one with all the, who's not covering her face. And he like, he's very like serious and native, uh, looking at the judges' faces, you know. And she's, she's a very strong person. Uh, I love Dilma. I think she, she did some mess ups in Brazil that, that helped it. It's not her fault, but like it's only her fault in the way that she didn't see what was coming through her Mm -hmm. uh, during her presidency. Uh, But she's a she's a very, very, very intelligent person and she's very capable of of working within government. That's Mm -hmm. why she became president. She was not like a political figure. Lula was the political figure Mm -hmm. and Lula needed to have somebody to to go to, to get the government after him. And he chose, he chose, uh, Dilma, but uh, we'll talk about right, a right. bit later, but, and Dilma, Dilma confronted, like when she was, uh, she was trying to get to have president. We had like this, this hearing Senate and, and somebody asked, yeah, but you lied during the dictatorship. And she said, I have, I am most proud of lying during torture because right. you couldn't bear the torture that I was, yeah. that was thrown. Mm. So I'm very proud of lying mm. for the good of my comrades. You know, she's like, she, uh, she, uh, when she was overthrown there, people were, were, were circulating this, this clip, uh, asking like, Oh, and then he, you, you were in beach and you didn't shed a tear. And she said, yeah, I don't cry anymore. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, yeah, but you don't cry. No, because like, I, I couldn't cry at the torture after the torture. I was like, I, I was so expanded. So I, I, I wouldn't cry anymore. Yeah. What do you have? In, long, what do you have left? Amounts, amounts of torture. What do you have left I, after I, that I, experience? I couldn't. Right? Like you have nothing I, left I, after I, that experience, I, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, and this is not the worst time of my life, mm-hmm. you know, right. being peach is not the worst time of my mm-hmm. life. I already gone to the worst part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Doing the worst thing. You know? So, uh, she, I think she was freed before the amnesty. So, okay, let's get, let's yeah. get back. So how, how did the, the military, military dictatorship come down? Basically. What? Like basically how did the military dictatorship end? Okay, so the military dictatorship ended because they're getting bad at the economy stuff. So they wanted to get rid of the problem, you know, because mm-hmm. they because they wouldn't like have their problem, and 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 they they did it very well because what will happen is uh, Brazil would go for with a revolution. No, Brazil would have a revolution if mm-hmm. they didn't do that, right? Because mm-hmm. by by the late seventies. Uh, the inflation was going up. People weren't getting their rage as well. Uh, there are a lot of movements against that. The liberation theology left uh, a great mark on Catholic uh, Catholic clergy in Brazil. Mm-hmm. They imprisoned and tortured a lot of uh, Catholic priests during the dictatorship because there was this human rights stuff going on with Catholic clergy in Brazil. Uh, although the Pope was like fucking John Paul II, but right. like, uh, 
So we, you had like this, a lot of, of stuff coming together and the media was like trying to get against censorship. You had like new kind of underground media going on, underground magazines, underground newspapers. And you have like this resurging of the, of communists, especially Trotsky's mm -hmm. communism in Brazil. And you start to having like the first, uh, big uh strikes mm. because what right. happened is that by then the unions were still under government control mm. but there was like kind of like again elections yeah there are elections mm. but uh lula came from northeast with a very poor family down to São Paulo and he was like they were very poor until he got like this this place in industry and auto industry metal as a metal worker mm -hmm. and he he lost uh his his first wife during childbirth mm. and he was like very appalled by that because right. we didn't have like a good healthcare system by then we have a nice healthcare system by now it's not the best in the world but like it's universal you know it's better than the united and, states <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly speaking it's from a, atlanta it's Georgia, crazy it's down here Oh shit. Oh, it's, it's great. I, I was watching, uh, that show that the Palestinian guy in Texas, in Houston. How's the name? Mo. Mm. I was watching Mo with my girlfriend and he, he was shot in, in, in the first episode and he got out of the ambulance and she's like, why are you doing that? And like, you know how much yeah. an ambulance ride costs yeah. in the US? I'd rather call a friend and have him pick me <laughs> up, man. <laughs> exactly. Or, or exactly. And I was like, you know how much it was he was just grazed you know how much would it cost you you go broke by that and but uh and lula understood like very organically i have some books on lula here but i i i'll bring it later mm. uh, understood very very uh organically that he needed to struggle but at first he didn't like the idea of going uh it was a very material thing like mm -hmm. we need to raise our wages mm -hmm. and that's where they came their campaign came from and it, it was a very right. grassroots campaign there because since the government controlled the unions the, the the union leaders thought like okay it, it will be forever on us we will be the the leaders of this mm -hmm. until uh, and If we, if we, if we kiss the government's ass, we'll be here forever. Mm, right. So they, 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 they've been very grassroots with help of, of the Catholic, uh, priesthood. They had like what is called labor, uh, how do you say, uh, labor pastoral. Pastoral is, is not like the right name, but mm. it's, it's a, a sector of, of, of parishes. They work with with uh, labor leaders and mm -hmm. and and workers like mm -hmm. so they have that i i know people that that are from that background mm -hmm. and they 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 help that they had the help of of uh left brazilian catholic and they managed to be elected mm -hmm. by 75 76 and san bernardo which is a city on the sao paulo metro area Is the, where is our rust belt? Is where the metal worker workers resided and worked, and so it was very derelict place, like very poor. Although they were they were 
they were better than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Sao Paulo became a huge city. Sao Paulo, uh, until the early 20th century, was like very, very small, like 200,000 people only. Mm-hmm. Where our metro area has to, uh, 20, uh, 20 million people now. Jesus. So it was like a very, yeah, it's, it was a very like fast growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people coming from the northeast because uh we have like this semi-arid region in the northeast of Brazil hmm. where uh, a lot of people resided and worked with cattle, but there was a lot of, of dry seasons. There were like very, very, uh very long droughts that never uh, threw people out of them. People died from malnutrition in Brazil. It's, it was very common. So a lot of people came to Sao Paulo to work. It's, it's still a, 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 a movement that that still resonates and still important in Brazil. And so, and we get to Lula about that. Uh, and Lula came to, and, and he was a very good talker, mm-hmm. and he's very good at that. Everybody, yeah, he still is. Uh, who, every, everybody who talks with Lula uh, gets charmed and intended by him mm-hmm. because Lula is a very great, a great, great orator mm-hmm. and he can like uh, manage to to make people very happy when they talk with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very unique I, voice. I, I, like I think I'm native. We'll, we'll probably, we'll probably get, we'll get, to, we'll get to, I mean, we're jump, uh, don't want to jump ahead, but I remember the election that he just won. Um, there was on Twitter, there was a passage from a speech circulating where he said something like every family deserves to have that little piece of like tortilla bread, that bread dipped in cheese or something like that. And it was just like the most yeah. like, like not even grandpa, like an uncle, you know, like it was like an uncle talking to me. And it was just like, yeah, man, like this guy sounds like a not even just a man of the people, but somebody personable. You know what I mean? Everyone got exactly. Like, grill. Everyone has the right to grill. Like that's yeah. what basically yeah. you say. Everyone has the exactly. right to grill. Exactly. Everyone has the right to grill. Yeah. Everyone has the right to grill mm-hmm. because when Lula was in power, he always had grill and beer. It's, it's something like he, he used on his campaign this year. Make that a constitutional right, man, in America. We'll have that. We'll have that in Brazil. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, but so Lula was so so they won. And they prepared for a strike. And in 1978, out of nowhere, because nobody was paying attention to it, the government wasn't paying attention for, for it, they stopped the production. And they did, they did this huge strike because that's the main thing. Like a lot of, of metal workers from smaller office shop of offices who, who did the parts of automobiles, uh, couldn't manage to to stop their production, hmm. so their main goal was stopping like the main auto workers. So the other was out of work as as mm-hmm. well, so they could strike together, mm-hmm. you know. So they stopped at Volvo, Scania, and uh, Ford, and everything else. Wow. And they had like and Lula by them had already a lot of contacts with other people. From different, so West Germany metal workers are very aligned with Brazilian government. Mm-hmm. The SPD, Lula was vis- visited shows after he was released from prison. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they, we, we have like this huge uh, international solidarity movement by then. And the '78 strike caught everybody, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, what we're we gonna do?" And there was already this movement. There was this movement against inflation. There was this movement for free press because mm-hmm. we had like 
what were called previous censorship. You had a censor in your newsroom mm. and he read the paper before the paper got out. Mm. He watched the tapes before the tapes got on air. Every fucking newsroom had this. Mm. So they were very, even people who, who, who supported the coup at the first time, they were very angry with that. Even though the, the, the media owners were, were angry. And you have like this, this amnesty movement because we needed to, to, to talk about the, the, the problem of political prisoners, people who are in exile. And we wanted to bring people in exile back because we had a lot of left, left leadership that come out of Brazil. And by then you had Carter in US mm. because Nixon, uh, messed everything up after Nixon got out and the, the, the oil shock also right. uh, was bad for Brazil's economy. So everything like got the, the, got it, got the regime in trouble. And then Carter came and Carter came with like talking about human rights and, and mm. human rights in Latin America. And that was also added some pressure mm. on the regime in Brazil. So everybody got together and, and made this, this, this strike become a huge thing. Uh, but then they try to, they, they, they're, they're saying that Lula should be imprisoned and shit like that, the, the, the government, the regime. Uh, and then there's, there, there's a lot of movies. When Lula could get back on vote in our podcast in, in Crazy, 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 we did like this, this episode of Young Lula. Because there are a lot of comment, uh, just like Young Marx, mm. you know, mm. uh, there are a lot of documentaries about Young Lula and this time period. And like in 78, they're like dealing, striking for higher wages. They wouldn't get the, so much high wages, but they would like, they, they would imprison, uh, they will they imprison and, and, and throw out the, the unions. Mm. If they didn't accept the deal and you see like Lula, that's when, when you understand the magic of Lula, Mm. you see Lula going on, on this huge, uh, stadium with filled with workers, like from anywhere you could see is a sea of workers and they'll do this assembly to, to understand what they will do. And the, they're interviewing this, this metal worker, this worker. They say, no, we won't stop the strike. We'll go on with the strike. Mm-hmm. The struggle goes on. We won't stop. We, we, uh, uh, because the communists, the Brazilian Communist Party was like with them, like, no, we, we won't back down. Mm-hmm. And Lula was like very worried because we had this structure here. And we need that to go on with the, with what we're doing. So, uh, Lula, uh, goes and grab the mics, mm. the mic, and you see like him grabbing the mic, he's smoking like, like, yeah, uh, we need to do something, we need to do something. And then he, he started to talk and he's like, I understand that we have this very, very bad deal going on with us. And he says like, uh, it's not good. And. I'll be on strike with you tomorrow or the next day or the next month or the next year. But now we need to end the strike because we need to keep our union together, union power. And he flips the fucking stadium. And the guy who did the interview at first, like saying, no, we're, we're, we're doing the strike. Then later you see the guy carrying Lula on his back, yeah. you know, wow. like, yeah, Lula, Lula. So Lula flipped the like, everybody with with just one speech so you know? lula just ha- was it seemed like really had an 
unusual amount of power among uh, well, charm, charm, exactly. right? He's very, charm, very, I guess. very charm, yeah. very charismatic, exactly. So he managed to do that, and that was very important because in '79 they had like this huge, uh, this huge strike again, like big strike, and then they jailed Lula, but the strike could continue because the union was already prepared for do that. Mm. They they right. spent the whole year like getting money for strike funds because that's in very, that's what people like like right now here here in Brazil the bolsonaristas the the the, the right wing conservatives, crazy people are talking about, yeah, we'll do like, now we'll do a general strike and bring Lula out of power. And like, oh shit, you don't know how to do a strike, you <laughs> right. know? You don't know how to do a strike because strikes more about organization than like right. ju just not going on to yeah. work, you know? You need to, to get sure that there won't be scabs going, working on your on your part right. uh, you need to be sure that everybody uh, is well fed but at least fed mm. a bit uh so they they amass like a, a great amounts of money and food and things people will need and they were very victors in 79 and by 79 the movement of from for amnesty and that's something very important in our story uh they landed an amnesty deal with the with the regime but there was like a big catch-up they're very in a hurry to free people from prison right. and to bring exiles back so they did this, this very bad deal where uh generals and policemen and people who tortured brazilians were amnestied also they couldn't be persecuted mm. for the crimes that they did Oof. by the time mm. And that's a problem still in Brazil. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like having the people just walk around that like you killed you killed my family, you killed my friends, my yeah. comrades. Exactly. People are still alive, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and people yeah, and people and people kept their 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 their, their posts in army. Oh people God. kept their Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Hi everyone, Paul Channel Strip here. I've had to uh, cut this one up into three episodes because you know they just had so much to talk about. So uh, give us a follow. Uh, like and subscribe and all that, you know, subscribe to us on Patreon and, uh, and keep an eye out for part two and eventually part three of this episode, uh, in the coming days. Thanks. And, uh, do the voting, I guess it's, it's a little late for that. I'm recording this as election results are coming in. So, but yeah, do, do the, do the voting. <laughs>